Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. message, and uh, I want to also just quickly pause and just welcome those who are watching us live online today. Wherever you are, we just want you to know we're honored that you've chosen to worship with us, and so those of you in the house, can you give those that are watching today a round of applause and welcome them into our experience. Last Sunday, we kicked off uh, the first of a two-part series that we're calling Mandemic, and as you just heard uh, through some of the upcoming things that are taking place, I just want to re-emphasize, give a little plug, shout out for the guys. So, hey, tonight, 5 o'clock, join us over at Drive Shack. I'll be there, and if you want to have some good laughs, just come watch me try to hit a golf ball. <laughs> because it'll be full, listen, it'll be full entertainment, trust me. But, uh, but no, seriously, it's going to be a great time for the guys just to get to know each other, put faces and names uh, together, and really just have a good time, just getting to... Uh, really do something fun at the same time connecting with other men in our church and so that's at five o'clock can't wait to see you there well we've been in this series called Mandemic and um, man I am just I don't know this particular message is one that I'm so passionate about and so I just want to say to all of the men and to the ladies I want to thank you for being here first and foremost and I really do believe that there was ever a message an urgent message that needed to be heard among people all over our nation, even around the world. I think it's today's message. And my prayer today is that you'll hear my heart. I'm a father of three. Michelle and I, we have three adult children. Michelle and I, we've been married for over 30, well, soon to be 31 years. Uh, on June 1st, it's hard to believe, a month from today. Babe, we'll be married 31 years. Come on, somebody. So... Um, so 31 years of marriage, three adult kids who love Jesus and uh, are allowing God to use them in their own uh, sphere of influence and gifting. And so obviously we're very proud of them. Been a pastor now for over 20 years, been in ministry for over 30 years. And I've come to realize that time, as you can tell, is changing rapidly in our culture, in our society, and really our world and unfortunately and sadly, we've drifted tremendously. We've drifted. In fact, we've gone so far away from God's original plan and purpose for a husband, for a wife, for a man, for a woman, for a family. And that's the reason why I called this message series Mandemic. <laughs> we've been hearing a lot recently about pandemic and everything related to that. But I want to share something with you that really just broke my heart. 18.3 million children, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 18.3 million children live without a biological step or adoptive father. So therefore, we have a pandemic. In other words, we have a generation of not just men, but also women who are growing up in homes without a male presence, a father figure in their life. And because of that, our culture today 
is confused. Our culture now more than ever perhaps really does not have a clear or healthy, let alone a spiritual biblical concept of what a male figure, what a father figure really should be, what a male role model should even look like because we have a generation who have grown up without even being a part of a home with a male figure living in it. And so because of that, we live in this culture where everybody's trying to redefine manhood and womanhood. Have you noticed that? I don't know how many of you have Apple phones, but have you noticed the new little emoji where you got the pregnant man? And Netflix has obviously uh, caught in all kinds of flack and controversy because of this movie, you know, of a, of a pregnant man, this man who's supposedly transgender, who supposedly is giving birth, and, and, and everybody is in an uproar, and they should be in an uproar, and everybody's in an uproar mainly because it's a matter of what side you're on. Whether you're for something or whether you're against something. But here's what I want to share with you today. And again, I want you to hear my heart. And I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm not trying to be facetious. But I want to share with you from God's word today what God's plan is. What God's ultimate purpose is for all of us. But specifically for those of you who are men, young men, listen, dads. Husbands, this is so vitally important. But I'm getting ready to say something that I realize may offend those of you that are here physically in the building, for those of you that are watching online. And, and I'm sorry to offend you up front, but I feel like this is so important because I need, I need for you to know where I stand on some things. But here's what we need to just make perfectly clear. And this, is, this isn't something that catches God by surprise. God is the author. He is the creator. He is the one who created both man and woman. Uniquely different, designed for a unique and special purpose. So here's what I know on the practical level. Men don't make good women, and women don't make good men. Now, if that offends you and that hurts you, I'm sorry, but I just want you to know, you can email me at Pastor Rodney at idontcare.com. Because I got to share with you that at the end of the day, we've got to be true to God's word. We're not going to embrace what culture says because culture is trying to redefine everything and unfortunately, what they are coming up with as far as the alternative solution could not be further from God's original plan and purpose. And, and quite frankly, it is a contradiction to who God is. So the reason why a lot of people have taken to their own you know, perspective or maybe taken to maybe their own agenda when it comes to trying to figure out from a human perspective how to redefine all of these things is because they don't have a clear understanding of who God is and what his plan is and what his purpose is. And I think for a lot of people, especially for those who didn't grow up in a home where a male figure was present, then they see God as just some distant, irrelevant being. And here's what we need to understand. The prophet Isaiah, listen to this, 740 years before the birth of Jesus Christ prophesied these, word, these words. 
He said in Isaiah 9, verse 6, he said, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. These will be his royal titles. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Four specific titles, names if you will, that the prophet Isaiah gave 740 years before Jesus even came to earth. What does that mean? Well, what that means is, in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, if you were raised in a home, maybe where you didn't have a godly father, or maybe you were raised in a home where you didn't have a male figure in the home, and maybe there is a, a vacuum, there's a void, there's an emptiness in your heart. Because you have never had, experienced in your own life a father's love. And because of that, maybe there is a longing in your heart. It's kind of like Jacob and, the, the, Jacob and Esau. and they, they received and desired this blessing from their father, Isaac. And, and what's interesting is that the first son, the firstborn, was to receive the blessing. And you'll have to go into the story to read it for yourself there in Genesis but at the end of the day because of a chain of events that took place Jacob was the one who received the blessing from his father Isaac when Esau deserved because of the birthrights he deserved to receive the blessing from his father but after the blessing had already been given Esau was left without that father's blessing and I think because of that situation which in Quite frankly, it resembles so many deficits in the hearts of so many men who are still longing for the blessing of a father, for a father's love, for a father's affirmation, for a father's relationship, a relationship with a father. And can I just say that if you're here today, and maybe that's you, you grew up in a situation where you just lacked that. Well, I have good news. And the good news is, is that whatever conception or maybe whatever picture or mindset you have towards God, can I just give you a quick understanding of the kind of father that God wants to be in your life? Because in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, it says, To the fatherless, he is a father. And to the widow, he is a champion friend. The lonely, he makes part of a family. So you just need to know that God loves you. He has a plan. He has a purpose for your life. And there is nothing greater that God desires than a relationship, a personal, real, intimate relationship with you. He wants to be that father figure that sticks closer than a brother in your life. In fact, there are four specific things that the Bible teaches us when it comes to really the kind of father our heavenly father truly is. In Psalm 103, verse 13, it tells us that we have a heavenly father who is caring it says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Another picture, the kind of heavenly father that we have is a heavenly father who is consistent. If you grew up in a home where there was a lot of inconsistency, well, you need to be reminded today in Psalm 59 verse 10, in his unfailing love, my God will stand with me. 
We serve a heavenly Father who's consistent. He is steady and he stands with you through thick and thin. He's with you. He is for you at all times. Our heavenly Father is also close. The Bible says in Psalm 145 verse 18, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call him sincerely. Call on him sincerely. Listen, God, our Heavenly Father, He's consistent, He's caring, and He's close. And He wants to be that father figure, that friend in your life. He wants that kind of relationship. The fourth characteristic is the fact that He's capable. I love what Luke 1 verse 37 says, For nothing is impossible with God. So you need to understand today that our everlasting Father is close, He is capable, He is caring, and He is consistent, and He wants to have a real relationship with you. So no matter what kind of horizontal relationship you had or you didn't have with your earthly father, you need to be reminded today that you can have a vertical relationship with a heavenly father, an everlasting father who loves you and wants nothing more than for his purpose to be fulfilled in every area of your life. And so today, I want to share with you five things that I think that every man needs to do to lead their family. Last week, if you missed part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because last week we talked about a man in his faith. And it was foundational to so much of what I'm talking about today. And today we're talking about a man and his family. There's a powerful verse of scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verses 13 and 14, and I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified Translation. It goes like this. Paul said, be on guard, stand firm in your faith, in God, in respecting his precepts, and keeping your doctrine sound. So Paul is reminding, once again, a church who in many ways who had drifted spiritually, they had embraced the culture. They had embraced a lot of the things that people were buying into. The lies, the false narratives of the culture of its day. False teachers. And he challenged them, be on guard. Stand firm in your faith. Act like mature men. And be courageous. Be strong. Let everything you do be done in love. Motivated and inspired by God's love for us. So that is a verse that really should challenge the heart of every male that's listening today, whether you're online or in the house. It's, a, it's really a verse that challenges us men to be on guard, to stand firm in our faith. To walk securely in who we are in Christ and whose we are in Christ as the men of God that God has called us to be. And to live our lives in a way that separates ourselves from the immaturity that is displayed among men in so many walks and circles in our culture today. 
God wants us to be salt, he wants us to be light, and he wants us to be on guard and stand firm and act like men so that God can be glorified and our lives can make an impact in our circle of influence, starting in our homes. So number one, if you're taking notes, five ways to lead your family, men. Number one is lead with spiritual passion. Lead with spiritual passion. Jack Frost once said, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. It's so important. A lot of truth packed in that statement. You know, as a, as a father and as a husband, it's so important that we lead the way. In other words, we strike the match spiritually and morally in our homes. I heard someone once say that if you really want to find out the average temperature in the, the spiritual temperature in most homes in our nation today, all you have to do is to, excuse me, if you, yes, if you want to, if you want to find out the average temperature in most homes today, then all you have to do is really begin by putting the thermometer in the father's mouth. That's a pretty bold and courageous statement, but when you think about it, what it's underscoring and emphasizing is the importance for men to set the tone and to lead the way with spiritual passion. Because if we don't lead with spiritual passion, then somebody else is going to have to lead the way. And that's one of the responsibilities that God has given to us as men. We talked about this last week, about leading spiritually in our lives. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 and 7, these are the instructions that God gave to Moses, and then Moses gave to the people of Israel. And he said there, in beginning at verse 5, he said, And you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and all of your soul, and all of your strength, and you must commit yourselves... You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. And then he said, repeat them again and again to your children. And talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. In essence, what Moses wanted the people of Israel to understand is that parents... We've got to lead the way with spiritual passion. And it begins with us. We've got to show, we've got to exemplify and model the spiritual passion of our hearts. That more than anything, we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, we're all in with this whole spiritual thing. We're all in with Jesus. Because that's what matters most. He takes priority and precedence in our lives. And men, I just want to say you can't delegate that. You, you can't delegate that to somebody else. That has to be on us. That's our responsibility. And I know a lot of men sometimes feel challenged and they feel inadequate because they feel like, well, I don't know if I really understand how to do that and do that well. So I'm going to give you some practical ways to just to get the ball rolling. Because I realize we all are at different places and stages and seasons and circumstances. But we can all do some of the things I'm getting ready to share Number one, just spend time in God's word yourself. 
we're without excuse to be frank when it comes to reading the Bible. We have more resources than ever before. We all have a smartphone. And this smartphone right here can be a blessing or a curse. But one of the blessings is that we have so much, so much at our fingertips when it comes to learning and growing and developing and spending quality time with God just through the resources that are available through some of the Bible apps. Go to the Bible app. If you don't have a, listen, if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, download it. It's free. Get the Bible app because on the Bible app, there are daily reading plans. There are devotional and reading plans designed just for men. There are endless resources and ways that we can spend quality time with God. But we have to spend time every day in God's word ourselves. Number two, just pray for your family. Pray with your family and pray over your family. Pray with them, pray for them, and pray over them. That's so, so vitally important. We need to do that with our spouse. We need to do that with our kids. But it's important that we lead the way in this area. I want to encourage you to do another thing. I want to encourage you to lead the way spiritually through tithing. You say, is that your opinion? No, that is a command in God's word. It's not a negotiable thing with God. And the reason why it's not a negotiable thing with God is because he knows more than anything else. If we put other things before him, he gets the leftovers. God doesn't want to be the leftover or the afterthought of your life. He wants to be first place because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Did you know that studies now show that the average American family whose kids are involved in club sports on average spend 10% of their income towards club sports? 10%. Nothing wrong with club sports. So don't misunderstand me or hear me incorrectly. Nothing wrong with club sports. Did you hear me? Nothing wrong with club sports. There is a place for it. There is a purpose for it. There's a lot of wonderful things that come from it. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what we don't want is for club sports to become the God of our children. Or to become the God of our household. Don't give God excuses that you can't afford to give the tithe when we can afford to buy baseball bats or tournament fees or whatever it is. Because at the end of the day, we do what we choose to do. And when God says, when you put me first, when you put me first, just read it, Malachi 3.10, just read it. God says, when you put me first, my blessings, my favor, my provision, my protection is going to be upon your life. And it's the only place in the entire Bible where God says, if you don't believe me, let me prove it to you. Put me to the test. Put me to the test. And God says, hey, if you put me to the test and let me prove it to you by putting me first and giving me the first 10%, God is saying, hey, I'll bless you with all the stuff you need to do what you want to do and need to do as long as it honors me. So we have to understand that men, listen, we've got to lead the way. Our kids need to see us write a tithe check. They need to see us give towards the offering. 
We have three children, adult children. I'm so proud of the fact that all three of them are tithers. Our son Luke, he's single. The other two are married. My son Luke, he's single. We, we FaceTime him almost every day, checking, on, checking in on him. And, you know, he's just recently moved to Nashville. He's been there for right at a year. And, you know, he's kind of got his first, you know, opportunity in the music industry. And we said, Luke, listen, where are you going to church and where are you giving your tithe? And so he's gotten plugged into a church that now he's visited multiple churches. He's finally solidified a church, that his, his new church home. And he's been sharing with us. He said, man, he said, I've been tithing to my church. And we're so proud of the fact he's tithing because he's seen it. He's understood it and he's watched it his whole entire life along with our other children. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we'll lead in that way, God will bless you, he'll bless your marriage, he'll bless your kids. Listen, God will do things in your life supernaturally you won't be able to articulate or explain to other people other than the fact that was God. That was God. Only God could have opened that door. Only God could have made a way where there wasn't a way. Only God could have stepped in in the nick of time to, to protect. Or only God could have done something that supernaturally could, no one could have ever done on their own. God is faithful. Lifeway Research says that when a young person becomes a Christian, there is a 3.5% probability, listen, that the rest of the family will follow Christ. 3.5% chance that the rest of the family will follow Christ. If the mother is the first to believe in Jesus, there's a 17% probability that the rest of the family will follow. But when the father is the first to follow Christ, there is a 93% probability that the rest of the family will follow Christ. Men, I would encourage you to get in a small group. Now we're just coming to the end of a small group season and we're gonna be relaunching a new short summer small group season in June. But men, iron sharpens iron. So one and so we need to sharpen one another. And we need the accountability in our lives. Get together with some men. Pray together. Read God's word together. Connect together. Serve together. Make a difference together. Lead with spiritual passion. I got to hurry. Number two, lead with vision. Lead with spiritual passion. Number two, lead with vision. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says it this way. I love the way the Passion Translation captures this. Where there is no clear prophetic vision, in other words, where there's no direction of who we are, where we're going, and how we're going to get there as a family, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I'm telling you, there's nothing like walking with God and following him and practicing his precepts, practicing his principles, practicing his purposes, and moving in a direction that takes us closer and closer to the heart of our Father. And our kids need to see that. They need to capture that. Sir Isaac Newton said it this way, If it appears as though I can see farther than anyone else, it is because I've had the privilege 
of standing on the shoulders of great men. Our kids need to stand on our shoulders to see bigger, to see brighter, to see farther than ever before. It's so vitally important. My dad used to say it this way. He said, son, think big. And I always used to question him, why? He said, son, you need to think big. And he said, the reason why is because little thinkers grow up to be big stinkers. That's so true. Vision can't be taught. It must be caught. I love the movie called King Richard. It's been very controversial because Will Smith slapped some guy. It was all great until that happened, it seemed like. But anyway, um, side note. But it really was an amazing movie. Of course, I'm a tennis buff. Grew up playing tennis. And, and uh, so I was really fascinated. And there are so many epic moments in this movie. One of the classic moments of this movie is when uh, Venus and Serena Williams, as the movie was built around their childhood and growing up and the father relationship the father had with his girls and their family. And long story short, they grew up poor. And um, so they decided one day, the father decided to take them through a very, very affluent, I think it was in the Beverly Hills area, a very affluent area, all these beautiful homes. And he wanted to basically enlarge their vision of what could be. He wanted them to see the possibilities and to see the potential if they just believed in themselves. And it wasn't the fact that he was really trying to put the focus on material things. He was really just trying to help them think bigger and to see bigger and to imagine of what could be. And I think our kids need that more than ever. They need to know that their dad not only loves them, but he's for them. He believes in them. As men, we need to help our kids think bigger and think brighter and to see further. Because they need to see that God has made them. And not only has he made them, not only does he want a relationship with them, but God has a great plan and a great purpose. And God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine because we serve a big God. Our kids need to see and understand that we serve a big God. And those dreams and those aspirations can become a reality in our hearts. Number three, our kids, excuse me, our men need to lead with emotional support. So we need to lead with spiritual passion. And listen, we, number two, we need, to, we need to help lead with vision. Number three, we need to lead with emotional support. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles... So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So again, our Father is close. He's consistent. He's caring. He's capable. Our God genuinely cares when we go through difficulties. 
when we fall and we fail and we make mistakes, we need to know we have a heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us, who's there to help pick us back up. But our kids, as dads in the household, they need to know that we love them and we're with them and we're for them. Even when they fall and they make mistakes, even when they fall into sin, just like the prodigal son, there is a Father who is there to love them and to embrace them and to forgive them and to show that kind of love and care and compassion toward them. I have a video I want you to see. I know we're running out of time here. I want you to see this video. Guys, please, this video. This is one of the most remarkable moments in Olympic history. It happened in 1992 in Barcelona. Check out this incredible moment. powerful visual moments in Olympic history when that father jumped out of the grandstands and met his son there on the track and in this moment where his son literally had trained his entire life for that one moment in time and even when he had fallen due to injury his dad was there to pick him up and to help him cross the finish line our kids are gonna make mistakes they're gonna fall they're gonna fail that's where we got to step in. We got to help them cross the finish line. And listen, we, they need to know that we love them and they have the emotional support. I wrote a book years ago called Why Your Kids Do What They Do, understanding the driving forces behind your kids' behavior. And it's built around five things. The word needs, because every kid needs to be noticed. noticed. Every kid needs to receive encouragement. Every kid needs to receive empathy. Every kid needs to receive direction and every kid needs to receive security and when we when we give them the attention and we show the encouragement and we show the empathy and we give the direction and we give the security then the most important emotional needs will be met in the lives of our kids and dads we need men we need to help lead the way and it's hard quite frankly, to give what we don't have. And so if we're emotionally insecure, it's going to be hard to give emotional security to our kids. That's why we've got to stay close to our Heavenly Father, who is our Prince of Peace. He is our mighty counselor. He is the one who helps us stay healthy and whole so we can give what only He can give through us. Does that make sense? So important. Lead with emotional support. Number four, lead with relational connectedness. Proverbs 18 verse 24 says it this way. Some friendships don't last for long, but there is one loving friend who is joined to your heart closer than any other. Just like Abraham and just like Moses and just like David, they were all in the Bible, listen to this, friends with God. 
Man, I want to be a friend of God, don't you? I want to be known as God's friend. And just like that heavenly father friendship that we can have with our heavenly father, we need to have that same kind of connection and relationship and connectedness with our kids. It's so vitally important. James Dobson says the average parent spends less than 14 minutes a week in meaningful conversation. And we all know how to spell love. It's spelled T-I-M-E. And listen, the more quality time that you experience with your kids is going to come out of the quantity time that you're with them. So it's important that we value the importance of leading with relational connectedness. And then number five, and that is we got to lead our family to fulfill their purpose. Lead our family to fulfill their purpose. I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. I'm telling you, there is absolutely nothing in all the world that is greater than seeing a moment, a light bulb moment occur with our kids, especially as a parent. And you know what that light bulb moment is? It's when their talent, it's when their gifting, it's when their skill sets come together with their greatest and deepest passion. And when those two worlds come together and you see that light bulb moment where their confidence and their, their sense of destiny and their sense of direction is suddenly unveiled. And listen, it could be a doctor, a lawyer. Listen, it could be, you know, working in, in, in the world of technology or take your pick. Whatever their sphere of influence is, the good thing is, is that, listen, when we talk about church leadership, most people talk about leadership in the church. But guess what? The 98% of the leaders inside the church, God has called to be marketplace leaders. And so therefore, whether they're doctors or lawyers or working in construction or technology or whatever field or vocation or career path they choose, their goal is to be salt and to be light and to carry the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that desperately needs it. That is where we need to help take our families. And that is the kind of vision our kids need to have so no matter what they do with the calling and the gifting and the passion that God's placed in their heart they know that God has a divine plan he has a divine destiny and he has a purpose for them so they can be difference makers in the world that will bring glory to God and reach a world that's lost in need of Jesus Christ and so that is our goal for the family that is our goal and I want to close today because we're going to sing a song over you now I want to invite all of, the, all of you to stand in the room for this moment. and We're going to worship our way out today. Before we do this transition and close our service, here's my prayer. My prayer for every home and for every dad as we wrap up this series 
called Mandemic. If anything, if my prayer is that this has challenged you, it's stirred your heart, it's maybe rekindled a fire. Maybe it's just kind of helped you push reset, refocus in your life and in your heart as a man of God, as a husband, as a father. A pastor by the name of Andy Stanley make th- made this statement. He said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do but someone you raise and my prayer is that you'll experience 3rd John 1 4 it's where it says I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth And I realize that there are some here today, and as a parent, if you have kids, you you have a broken heart because that's not where your kids are. Maybe they're walking and living outside the will of God. I'm still praying that verse over your life because I know that's your heart's desire. I know that's what you long for as a parent. In my prayer, and I'm standing with you in agreement today. Matthew 18, 19 says, The two of you shall agree on earth touching anything that they shall ask. It will be done for them of our Father who is in heaven. I'm praying in a spirit of agreement with every mom and dad here today whose son or daughter who is not living for the Lord. This is our prayer of agreement today. That one day, sooner than later, one day, this verse will become a reality. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. And if that's next week, if that's five years from now, 10 years from now, 25 years from now, we're going to agree together that that verse will be fulfilled in your heart as a mom and as a dad. Amen? We're going to stand on that promise today. So let me pray. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Some of you here today may be in that place where you feel as though there's a void, there's a vacuum, there's a disconnect between you and God. It may be the image or the perception or the picture you've had in your mind or in your heart toward God is, quite frankly, has been a lie. It's been a false perception. You just need to know that God loves you. He wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you. And if that's your need, and that's your desire is to know him, to have a relationship with him, would you be willing to pray this prayer? Believe it in your heart. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you arose again. Today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, no one's looking. If you happen to have prayed that prayer just then, would you let me know by just holding up your hand real high toward heaven today, saying, yes, I prayed that prayer and I'm ashamed to admit it. God bless you. Anybody else? Maybe they're online. 
your way of raising your hand is just clicking there on the button that you prayed that prayer. Anybody else? It's wonderful. Father, I pray for these that lifted their hands. God, I pray today as we take a step towards you, as we come close to you, Father, you would come close to us. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, that you would place a hedge of protection over our homes, over our families. God, that you would strengthen the hearts of men in this room today. I pray that they'll be not just challenged, but Lord, they'll walk out of here with hope and encouragement, knowing that you have an amazing plan and purpose, that you are with them, that you are for them. God, that you're going to empower them and use them to be the leaders you've called them to be. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.